or vision is is like this co-pilot is actually you know not just doing checklist stuff with you or like trying to like walk you through stuff that you're prompting it's actually starting to have a little more agency where in the back end maybe as you upload something we run something you know hey this is an interesting pattern that we've seen on your stuff maybe start with this question today to try and help address your you know decrease in conversion rates or something like that stuff that's like more proactive which is what we're, we're often hearing we people want more proactive advice and um, action from ai as opposed to like a blank chat box for them to try and figure out what to fill in. Welcome everyone to Tech by Design, where the Richmond Technology Council takes you to the edge for trending tech and innovation here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Nick Surface, CEO of RVA Tech, along with Alex Atanias, CEO of Shaco. Come join us. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. It is so good to all be back. It is officially October. And today, kicking off the month, we are joined by Cody Jung from Founderway. Cody and Founderway help startups with their like really cool platform that leverages AI and sort of a lot of new innovations to provide action plans and guidance to get you from an idea to like a fully fledged business. So Cody, thank you so much for joining us. Can you start by just telling us a little bit more about your company? Hey everyone, um, I'm Cody Jung. I'm the founder of Founderway. I guess so. In a nutshell, we are making startups simple. And so the way we do that is we provide founders with an AI startup copilot. And we personalize this copilot as you work through either like our smart tools, like our business model canvas, or our step by step guidance on how to go from idea to first customer. And so we take all those answers. And this helps us give more context to an AI copilot and some other AI tools and smart tools on the platform. So um, what we hear a lot from our users is that uh, we're saving them time and frustration because uh, usually there's a lot of guesswork as you're starting a new business, even if you're experienced. And from there, um, we're giving them insights into things that all the times they don't know, they don't even know about whatever they're working on, um, just from like talking and working with our AI. Alex, you're the startup guy here. You, you've been in this space. You've, you've done this. You've done that. Um, you know, what's your initial reaction when, when you found out about Founderway? I'm pausing because there's so many different conversations we can like, take this. Um, I like it. The biggest struggle, and, and Cody, I think you touched on this, and I'll ask my first question here, but the biggest struggle is landing that first customer. And it's not about the turns. It's not about the twists. Like that's, that's part of the adventure, but landing that first big customer is the biggest struggle. And that's the first thing you said. So how does the platform do that? Yeah. So, um, if you kind of take our, our guidance piece that we've put together, so we've analyzed 1500 companies and we've talked to over uh, through interviews and, and mentoring over 200 plus founders. Uh, we've kind of gone down to the first principle questions around what makes a business successful in the early stages. And we've tied that into, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with this, it's called design centric thinking. It's a framework that a lot of incubators are now kind of switching over to where it's a lot of feedback and like, okay, you're, you're exploring your idea, but you are always going back to feedback from your customer. So the customers, it's design centric centric thinking is what it's called, but it's really, it should be called like customer focused thinking or something like that. So we tie these questions back into that framework. And so you end up with this like four step process of, you know, go and explore research, go check in with your customers and you're filling out these questions as you're going through this that an investor or an advisor might ask you. So that's how we're getting you through this so that by the time you're launching, you've already talked to your customers so often that you have pretty good alignment on what they would like to actually buy from you or use from you. 
how do you compete with a Techstar or or a Y Combinator, right? Where where people are actually like submitting an application, getting basically taken through the ringer, right? Um, obviously, they they have a different philosophy there, but what you're doing is just as powerful. So how how do you see yourself competing with some of these accelerators? Um, so actually, we don't actually see ourselves competing with the current ecosystem um, at all. Uh, and so the reason we say that is, um, and, and one actually, it's it's part of our go to market strategy that we're starting to employ and actually see a lot of pull from is there's a really crazy statistic that I don't think most people know is that only uh, about 2% on average of people that apply to incubators actually get in. So of the people, we like to say we help underserved uh, folks because I think education is a big piece here. And if only 2% of the people that are even aware of the education can get into the education, there's a big market out there. And the incubators know this as well. And the reason for that is that most of these programs are high touch. And if it's a high touch program, there's a lot of scalability issues around a high touch program. I think everybody knows it. It's it's not like it's you know something people shy away from. It's why you take the cream of the crop, right? Because you want to focus your efforts. And so what we're starting to see is um, one, how can they use and leverage AI or something like what we're using to augment what they're what they're doing? So we're partnered with VCU right now, going through their uh, innovation program to see like, hey, is there a place here where we can kind of merge our AI empowered programming to kind of provide like this digital platform for them to kind of guide their founders and focus on some of the, the harder stuff that needs more in-person help, like getting feedback from a lot of different folks or going through some like the initial stuff. But then as they're working through something, you know, maybe they can use the AI instead of having to do like a bunch of office hours or something. And the second piece that we're hearing is there's not really a good way to capture the other 98% of the folks that are, are being turned away. So what uh, we're actually, we had a, a partnership with Techstars uh, Boston for their startup weekend to try and help them with this as well. And we're seeing this from other places where um, of the 98%, it's not that they might've been bad or the poor ideas or something. It's like maybe something just didn't work out. And sometimes they want these folks to actually come back into the program, but there's no real way to capture that data. So we can provide them a low touch program to guide, send people to that then also acts as a top of funnel for them to like track progress and things like that. That provides like a really amazing tool for one, just increasing education accessibility, but also allows them to track in and pull from those those folks that may have not been like maybe too early or one thing was missing that they're waiting for, you know. So that's how we see our, our interaction and relationship with these incubators that exist. Um and so so my last question, Lauren, just just this is this is such a I mean this is why RVA Tech by design exists, right? Like it's it's to make sure that we bring in founders, startups, and investors to to the Richmond technology scene. So what you are doing is near and dear to my heart and I think all of our hearts. One of the things that I, I experience with a lot of startups, with, uh, I mean, in the businesses that I've, I've actually run, is the path isn't always the same, right? Like when, when, I've, when I've spoken to mentors and investors, they're sharing their experiences based on what's happened to them and what they've gone through, but the path's widely different. Or how does founder way accommodate for those variances and paths? What we're doing now is one that the questions that we're asking are, are first principle questions. So it's like, regardless of where you are or what you're doing, you should probably know the answers to the questions that we're asking you if you're past, you know, a certain point where those questions kind of have been asked. So for instance, like everybody should kind of have surveyed their customers. So a question we asked, like, what is your biggest takeaway? 
because that's kind of where like usually your first pivot happens is you know you, you've surveyed and you've talked to your users and then you figure out your idea is not as great as you thought it was so it's like questions like that that are like these first principle core questions that's how we were kind of initially accounting for that and then use help using the ai to leverage as like some advice and feedback we have not completely removed the human touch of course so if people want um access to startup experts um right now we have a our, our small team is you know you could pay for some coaching sessions for us and um, we do keep it at a at a pretty low rate considering what is usually out there i think the the typical rate for a coaching session is like 150 to like 300 dollars an hour um we're doing it at uh, $60. So just to try and facilitate like, hey, if you need some more help and experience, uh, like kind of talking to somebody that's not an AI, uh, it happens, you know, um, you know, we're here for you. And what we'd love to do is grow that ex uh, startup expert network um, to, to kind of get more of that. And um, the bigger vision here is hopefully we allow founders to or, or kind of incentivize founders to keep our platform up to date which then will allow because you know, it facilitates a better co-pilot experience for them that's more personalized. But this will then allow us to take more data and hopefully at the end of the day kind of aggregate that and start pattern matching a little bit on, the, on our background. But th that's kind of like a little bit of a further away journey for us. Um, but then this also allows us to get more tooling, whether it's first party or third party tools to be built around them. So the experience and piece that you talked about and, and kind of like navigating that journey, we think can be navigated with data with a little bit of human touch added in is kind of like how we're operating. You mentioned the data there. Uh, can I ask you a little bit about your existing tech stack and what elements of AI or what's the back end look like within reason? I mean, obviously don't need to know anything proprietary, but how are you building this thing? Is it based on open AI? Is it based on something else? Like what elements of the, the tech stack are you using to, to generate your, your value? Yeah, so for our, just to maybe set, set some expectations for everyone, we, we are MVP right now. So we're, we're kind of like getting in and solidifying a lot of this stuff, but we are still testing and working on how to set up things the best way. But right now we are based on OpenAI. We are shifting to Azure OpenAI. We believe like data privacy and stuff is super important. And it's, it's just a little bit more clear if you're running on Azure. So for us, it's because you get your own instance. So like instead of using the OpenAI's, I guess like version or instance of their model, um, that's hosted on their servers. You can use an Azure server, which is kind of, I guess, I don't know, like a flagged for, for your usage. And then you can run your own instance on there. So you're kind of feeding things into your own stuff. And so that's uh, one way that we're trying to again, continue to protect data and protect privacy. Uh, and what we do there is just, you know, we're creating these prompts in pulling in context from all of the, the data that we have uh, in our prompts. Um, what we would love to move through is is more embedding model and a more um, using these like new functions and stuff to kind of employ AI to have better, um, I guess would be like response and functionality based on things that people need. So that's where we're, we're moving towards. But right now we're, we're very much just like very high context prompts that we've engineered to pull out the most that we can get out of the very large data set that the open AI models already trained on. And Cody, I guess kind of building off of that, you had mentioned there's an element of it still where businesses can meet with you and your team and like a live like coaching session. How does AI partner with you all and your expertise? Like what's the balance of that look like? What we see and hear also from our service providers that are starting to work with us and partner with us is that a lot of times in these early stages of things, what you'll see is 
a lot of repeat questions or help that's needed at these base levels. And so that takes up a lot of time for advisors and folks like that. Right now, it's that's just what they're doing. It's a large majority of the time. And what they're trying to work with us to do is to have our AI kind of take over on steps like say of a five-step process, steps one, two, and three maybe. And then they get pulled in at four and five where they can bring the most value after like someone's kind of set up a little bit, um, shaped their ideas and things like that. And then from there, the advisor might step in. So that's kind of how we we do the same. So we rely on our platform to kind of get people through the beginning innings of things. We have AI feedback that gives them instant feedback or whatever they're providing as a response to one of these answers. And then as if they need more help honing things or trying to figure out how to get to like the next step, for, um, then they can kind of meet with us and we can help. But typically the platform is, is designed to be very much self-led uh, with all the AI to kind of help you bounce ideas and stuff off of. Gotcha. And you had mentioned this a little bit earlier on that um, your models, when you guys started, you looked at like successful startups and other ones like that to kind of get like a baseline. Is that how you've trained your AI models or is like, where is that coming from? Yeah. So we have these prompts and for every question, like we provide it with additional context. So it's so every time you might get like AI feedback, for instance, on something, there is like this background that you don't see that we're kind of put into it to train. So some of that is, you know, manually done in the background. The other piece is just kind of, it has a very large training set already that we're trying to hone in on and using the prompts to do that. But for future versions, um, what we would love to see is, okay, we have enough of this data and we can anonymize it and try to figure out what are these best practices that are people are going through. And we're not just tracking like your revenue or uh, your like monthly active users or something like that. Like we're actually tracking like we're able to track progression, um, speed of progression, length of answers, all these like things that people, you know, kind of like look over as, oh, maybe this isn't that important. But Everything kind of counts in this in this area when you're first starting because we can start pulling things out of like how much research has been done. So like what might be the a good average number of people to actually survey in your industry, you know, because some industries are a little bit more closed off than others. Like that could be a pretty cool metric if we gave that to somebody to help them like at least pinpoint. Because right now I think people are saying like the rule of thumb is like maybe five to ten. <laughs> but it's like, okay, is that really enough? I, like who knows, you know? So hopefully we can help with some of these like fun stuff like gathering more data and, and actually maybe benchmarking some some stuff for folks. Is the Founderway platform tying into CRM or CMS? Like, are you guys tying into some of the backend infrastructure that supports these startups or, or how are you getting these answers? So uh, right now we have the platforms where we, we're just asking for those answers. What we would love to see as we grow and, and the reason we did it this way is because as you're in this like idea phase, before you get your first customer, you're you're not really using any of these tools to actually get data. It's like before you get your first customer, the CRM is helpful, but there's no like real metrics that we can pull from this. But as we kind of mature, what we're hoping to do is add this metrics area where we can plug into like a HubSpot or something like that, where we can grab this data where it's like, hey, your conversion rates for your email or something like you could start plugging it all together. And from there, the AI can start being a little bit more proactive is what our, our vision is, is like this co-pilot is actually, you know, not just doing checklist stuff with you or like trying to like walk you through stuff that you're prompting, where it's actually starting to have a little more agency where in the back end, maybe as you upload something, we, we run something, you know, every couple hours or something to see like, you know, hey, this is an interesting pattern that we've seen on your stuff. 
this is what we'd advise you to look into or, or something like that, or, or maybe start with this question today to try and help address your, you know, decrease in conversion rates or something like that. Stuff that's like more proactive, which is what we're, we're often hearing. We People want more proactive advice and um, action from AI as opposed to like a blank chat box for them to try and figure out what to fill in. I, I think it's it's just so cool because like there's so many common sense, there, there's so many responses that an AI, as I'm thinking through the question, right, there's a lot of responses that you could get from a, a bot that other people have received that as a startup founder, you're like, well, this need is unique. This need is something that nobody's ever answered. And I really need to talk to somebody. And, and as you start using AI, you're like, no, your need, your need's probably the same. It's just you haven't gotten through that process yet. Therefore, our bot could help you without necessarily going through that, that Q&A process, right? Um, I was talking to a mentor this morning and uh, over breakfast and he basically showed us the math of converting mequel so marketing qualified leads to sales qualified leads i was like oh that's easy and it took five years to actually get there right and and it's just it's really interesting that one person said one thing over like just kind of nonchalant and i'm suspecting that this ai is going to do something similar for a lot of other startup founders yeah that, that's what we're hoping that's one of the main reasons we focus in this like early idea to first customer stage is because regardless of what industry you're in, what business you're you're trying to build, like these questions are still fundamental questions of a business. And it doesn't really matter what you're working on. The framework of like, you need to get feedback from your customers, for instance, is, is the same across the board. It doesn't matter what you're yeah. working on. And then these key questions of like, what's your TAM? Like, what does your target customer look like? What are market barriers that you should consider? Like all these questions are so fundamental to a business that that's why we started there. Because that as you answer those questions, that's how you get into like the more niche stuff of like running a business. And so so speaking of um, just kind of changing subjects here, you mentioned that you were part of like, I guess, a BCU incubator or um, why Richmond? Like, why are you guys in Richmond? What what brought you to Richmond and, and why do you stay in Richmond? And what are you doing with VCU? Um, okay, so maybe I'll start with, uh, let's see. Richmond was kind of an interesting path on on uh, my wife and I's, I guess, a personal journey across the East Coast, we'll call it. <laughs> so uh, I, I grew up in New York. Um, my wife grew up in Atlanta. I went to school at Georgia Tech, and that's where we met. And so we've now, uh, from Atlanta, moved to Boston, and then we moved to Richmond. So it was basically, we are definitely one of the COVID movers. So it was like everyone got, uh, you know, was remote work and we were like, it's really cold in Boston. And I thought I could tough it out. And I was like, I, I'm not built for this anymore. <laughs> I've been spoiled. Uh, and so the middle point was Richmond and we visited and we just loved the vibe of the city. Uh, to be honest. And from there, it was like, oh, we're close to DC. Um, Virginia Beach actually used to be a yearly vacation spot for my family. So I, I love like the Norfolk and Virginia Beach area. So it, it was a personal selection. And then why we stay is there is a vibe in Richmond that is really hard to explain unless you've been to a bunch of cities and kind of explored the business scene in each of these places like you'll notice like they're they're very different and it definitely depends on every city and it's super impacted by how long a city's been around and what the groundswell of energy in motion is and momentum and richmond has like this this momentum and energy that is like infectious like i kind of got uh pieces of that from atlanta because atlanta it's like it's, it's an older city but it still has like this newer city vibe where people just want to help each other and grow the city and Richmond has that to like times 10. Like I, I, I came here, I met one person and then very quickly within a couple of months was like plugged in with like everybody in the startup scene. And then now I'm, st I'm still trying because there's so many people just actively pushing on Richmond to be better. 
that like I'm still connecting with folks and I'm like, man, you're working on something so cool. Like, how can I help you? So it's just these conversations and interactions in the business space. And also, again, just like in the um, social space where it's like, I think Rich is poised to really have a great future. And I love just being a part of like this ground floor movement. I call me like, maybe it's because I'm, I'm a founder and I love trying to build stuff that like the city is kind of like, hey, come here and build. And like your input and what you're adding is, um, you know, can be impactful here. And then... Let me see. I'm trying to remember the second part of that question. So it was VCU. Oh yeah, at, for VCU. So they run. Okay, so VCU has this department called the Da Vinci Center, and it is so cool. So they are combining experience, learning, education, and I forget the last piece. It's like this like trio of like different pieces of learning that are usually are separate, and then they are combining different departments also. So like school, like marketing school, business school, engineering, all this stuff, like they're combining to make this really cool education experience for folks who kind of want to be in this innovation and like um, startup arena. And what's been really cool is they have this thing called Shift Retail Lab. And so they have this monthly bootcamp that they run that we are a part of. And that's where kind of our pilot is, is that we're working with them to try and understand like, hey, is there a spot here that like, like I was saying earlier, that an AI could kind of help flush out some of the stuff, the in-betweens of this program. And um, they also like accept a lot of folks. So their acceptance rate is is pretty high. So we love that also. It's like a lot of like accessibility here. So we're not really focused on like the outflow side with them where like people aren't accepted because they just have such a high acceptance rate. We're really focused on, okay, how can we work with an incubator or a bootcamp like this and support their efforts? Um, and so that's that's kind of what we're doing with them and uh, really happy to, to be partnered with a program that is very like forward thinking in terms of how it's teaching entrepreneurship and it also helped that their curriculum was design uh, centric. So for, for us, it was like they saw our stuff. It was like, okay, this is easy. Like let's let's work together and see how we can get this to to kind of pan out. Yeah. So so I think there's two things. Um, just a really quick question: Have you have you read the book Sprint? I'm not sure. I, f- I feel like I've heard it before, but uh, what's it about? Oh, it's it's a good book. Um, it's it's about basically um getting to market through fast iteration. I mean, there's probably a better way to describe the book, but it talks about a one-week sprint that goes from idea to essentially product market fit for for specific pieces of products. Um, I, I think that book couples nicely with the thinking that you guys are walking your customers through, your customers. Really, really cool. But coming back to to VCU and Richmond, um, one of the things that sparked my attention is is this ground swap. We, we were talking with another guest last week. And the whole concept here was just Richmond has this movement that is starting to take shape. And it's really, really cool to see that. And I wanted to, I've been here for 12 years, right? And um, I came down from Boston as well. <laughs> but I think you're right. And I just wanted to know if like, there was like, before before I handed over to Lauren, like, how else would you describe that groundswell? Because when I talk to my friends in Boston, they're like, hey, why don't, why don't you come back? Or why don't you move to Fort Lauderdale? I'm like, there's something about Richmond. There's something in the water. Yeah, I guess if I was to, to describe it, I mean, it's just like um, there's an openness to accept people's ideas and help and to connect them to give whatever idea they have a chance. It doesn't matter what you're working on. Like if you talk to somebody in the business space, they are very open to connecting you with that next person that they think you should meet. 
Um, and that's how I mean, that's how I got plugged in with you all was just like asking around and trying to figure out what's going on and then getting like an email from somebody who's like, hey, you know, these folks are working on uh, this, this AI grant for the city to try and make us like an AI tech hub. And I was like, that's really cool. Like, how can I help? Like, let me get plugged in and see what I can do here. And who can I meet to, you know, kind of help facilitate some of that stuff um, as someone who's in the AI space and would like to have AI help with education and the serve space. I was like, oh, that's even cooler. Like, not only is it like accepting it stuff, but there's a lot of different movements that like I can personally kind of align to. And, and I'm sure there's plenty of others that I'm not aware of that are happening in parallel. So like, again, there's just the activity is actually there, you know, like people are, are putting their actions to what they're saying. I think that's kind of how I would describe it in terms of like uh, the energy and that it's like why I, I really like the business scene here. Cody, my last question for you is just looking ahead for Richmond's AI scene and for Founderway. What's next for you guys? Oh, so I, for the Richmond seed, we would love to get plugged in with more of the programs that are here. I mean, th there's a ton of boot camps and schools and uh, incubators that exist here. W would love to plug in with them as well and see how we can work together for the future of Founder Way. I think uh, again, uh, it's it's really focused on trying to deliver the highest impact to founders to to get them to that first customer and beyond. So that's kind of where we're focusing and again the the hope is we can really start building this central data hub for the startup space that really doesn't exist in, in a way that's easy to tap into and one we can start building these first party tools but we do want to bring in other partners so i know there's there's plenty of folks in richmond that are doing things with startups like how can we help you like get access to some of this data again in, a, in an anonymized and private way but to build tools that can help impact the ecosystem here and beyond we really are a big proponent of using ai and data to try and provide accessibility and the productivity streamlining for the space that's awesome cody i think just just to kind of wrap up here Thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, I think so many people are going to benefit from this platform. I'm looking forward to seeing like what's next for you guys, what's next for the business. And I would love to help promote some of the successful like, kind of companies that go through Founder Way. Thanks for being in Richmond too. Thanks for moving down um, or moving up. <laughs> or <laughs> Going to the middle. <laughs> Appreciate everything that you're doing for the tech scene. Um, Lauren. Take, uh, wrap us yeah, up. let's do it. Um, no, again, Cody, thank you so much for joining us. It has been an awesome conversation and I can't wait to hear what comes next for you. Any of the companies that you guys help. Yeah, we would love to get a chance to talk to as well. And then Alex, Nick and I will be back next week. And if there are any other companies, executives, leaders that we should talk to, send them our way and we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you.